You are listening to the Model Train Talk podcast. Each episode, RJ and I discuss various topics about the world's greatest hobby, model trains. The purpose of this podcast is to help promote, inspire, and bring a breath of fresh air to the hobby. Recording the podcast makes it possible to share stories of others and to help grow the model train community. Thank you for listening to the Model Train Talk podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Model Train Talk podcast. Here we have two reoccurring guests and a new guest. We have Blake, Sid, and Matt, and me and RJ are co-hosts. And today we're just going to talk with these guys about trains. Um, The world is kind of in chaos right now, so it's good to just kind of rewind and come back and just talk about what we love, which is trains. So welcome, guys. How are we all doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good. Great. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So last time we had Sid and Matt on the podcast and we talked about their projects. Now I know Matt and Blake are really good friends and they have been working on some projects as well. Do you kind of want to give us an update, kind of what's going on with those um, and kind of um, what do you got going on now? So since the last time I was here on the podcast, um, as you guys know, I've been heavily focused on a Disney related project. since I last was on here, I have now made three additional cars. Um, I have them with me here today and I'll uh, showcase them. Uh, I gotta tell you, uh, doing Disney trains, the, the possibility is endless because of Disney's imagination and creativity. You really can just em- emulate that into any scale. Um, so here I have a couple, I'll show you the first ones. And then I have a fourth car that's under production. It should be done within the next few weeks. Um, I haven't mentioned it on my Instagram yet, so this is the first time I'm really talking about it. So I'll, it's going to be pretty cool to get to that. But the first car I've been doing here is this really long. Uh, this is basically Walt Disney's um, fire department. So if you guys go to Magic Kingdom, you'll see the old time cars going up and down Main Street USA. Um, so this here is actually a model that you can purchase. Disney made a lot of die cast related cars a few years ago. So if you look on the hood here, it's got the Walt Disney logo on there, which is neat. And then I put a few other things on here. So I have the Firehouse 5, which is, if you don't know what that is, that is from the animator Ward Kimball, who was a huge train guy, probably the, the biggest train guy ever. The guy had everything in multiple scales. He had a real locomotive in his backyard. He had a real steam train. He, and he got, he got Disney so heavily involved in trains um, so that's kind of an homage to him and the fire department because he had a band called the Firehouse Five and they, they used to make a lot of music and have a few albums. If you like old timey music, I recommend listening to them. But side note, there's that. So I added a lot, a lot of cool details on here. So if you look on the flatbed, I have some of the wood planks here that keep the car in place. And then I put a few chains on there and everything. <laughs> Then I have this little uh, water canister uh, here with the uh, band logo on there. And the cars itself is from Menards. So I've been starting to buy some of their products recently. And the flatbed itself is really nicely done. It's got a cool wood deck on there. So that was the first car I did. It got a little simple. Then I got very chaotic. The last car I'm showing you guys is probably my passion project I've been doing the last few weeks. But Blake's going to like this one. I did a Herbie the Love Bug car. Yes. Great movie. Yeah, so we have Herbie uh, in O scale here. Beautiful model, uh, complete one-to-one replica of him, which is great. And like I said before, with creativity with Disney, you can do anything. So we literally have, I made the whole whole idea of this car, like he's going to his next motor rally. 
So we have literally his garage going with him. So you have some air pumps here, you have toolboxes and a lot of air compressors and stuff like that. And it's hard to see on camera, but um, with, I made a little, a, you know, a little mistake on the car itself. I had some glue on here and it kind of dried on the thing. But since it's black on black, it kind of looks like it's oil. It makes it look like there's oil leaking on the car. Like he just got out of a repair shop. So it's a very fun little car. Again, I did the same thing. I did the wood planks and everything and the chains. And then the last car I got here is, like I said, my passion project. So we have here, from my favorite Disney movie ever, I did 101 Dalmatians car. So we have the infamous Cruella de Vil car that I got recently 3D printed off of Shapeways. Me and a designer, we went back and forth and how were we gonna bring this car to O scale. So this is a 143rd scale replica of the car. And then I spent the last, I spent a few weeks, this is an old car, I finished it a while back, but I did a lot of the painting. This was painstaking work to get it just right. And then the car itself, I like to think in the mind of the villain and Cruella, you know, she's a glamorous woman and she likes to have, you know, the finer things in life. So if she's transporting her car by rail, I would like to think she wants her car to match. So the flatbed's painted just like the, her car itself. And then you have where the stakes are, brass fittings, because if you look here, the car has her famous uh, horn, like the, the rope uh, twined horn. And that's the other cool thing. The car's got a lot of separate fitted details for one print, which is really cool. And then I was able to get some Artista uh, minifigures of the Dalmatians. I couldn't put all 101 on here, guys. I couldn't do that. That was not happening. Um, mm. But I was able to get a few little ones on here. And then on the crate here, if you guys remember from the movie, they advertised the brand Canine Crunchies. So I thought, okay, I'll put a little freight on here too to do that. And this, it, like I said, this has been a very fun project. The last car I have, um, I can't really show it now because it's a little bit in pieces, but I am doing a Star Wars car. So I have, if you guys know Star Wars War, I have the ATST Walker from Endor that's in O scale of all things. And it's going to be really elaborate, going to put some stormtroopers guarding it. It's going to be probably the wackiest car you ever see in O-Gage, but it's going to be so cool going down the rails. But uh, that's pretty much where I'm at right now with a lot of projects going on. So That'll be awesome. That'll be great to see. So one of my questions personally is, so where do you find the supplies? How do you um, create, do you create like the car models? Do you find them online? You know, kind of, how do you, how do you build your cars? Um, it's a mix of everything, really. Um, like I told you guys, when I was first on this podcast, I mentioned how it's just a lot of things I have lying around my house. So, um, a lot of uh, trips to the heart to the uh, arts and crafts store, like Michaels or, you know, AC Moore, things like that. Um, I, some of it was leftover things I've had from previous projects. And, you know, the paint was the hardest thing to get. Um, that the, the paint was really difficult because the car, you know, it, it's an animated movie. So they use a very distinct color. So Blake helped me just a bit find probably the best match possible. Um, so a few trips to the arts and crafts store here and there and the models, like I said, um, 143rd is the correct scale. Like if you're doing O gauge cars, um, 143rd is O scale. Um, so, you know, it's a matter of going on eBay, finding the right cars and stuff like that. So it all depends. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's very elaborate. Um, a lot of eBay searching for certain things. Cause I can show you guys here real quick. If I can just angle my camera. There's the ATST from Star Wars. 
completely in O scale. I weathered it and everything. So it's it's a it's a lot of kit bashing. It's a lot of uh, elaborate stuff. So it's a matter of just what you find. Sounds good. Looks good. Um, we will link all of the uh, social media pages in the description. So if the viewers want to find out more, they can go to his Instagram page. Now, Blake, I know you do some kit bashing and some um, projects of your own as well. Um, would you like to share those as well and the the progress that's going on with those? Sure. I don't have the train with me, but I, I could run and go grab it. No, it's fine. I mean, you can okay, do that. Um, or if you just want to describe it to us, that works too. I got a photo of what I'm working on right now. We could even throw up that photo on the yeah. screen. If you want to send it, it. Yeah. If you want to send it to us, we can put it and we can edit it. Okay. Yeah, well. I can do that. Um, yeah. I don't know if anybody follows me on Instagram. I, my Instagram name is Otaku Railfan. Only started a couple months ago. I've been working on a anime train. It's a literally a big boy locomotive and a couple passenger cars. And the anime is called Galaxy Railways. Old anime from like 2003. Literally, the anime is about trains that fly through space and all that. It's very, you know, mystical fantasy type stuff. But I'm into stuff like that. The locomotive from the show is literally a big boy locomotive with some modifications towards the front and it flies through space. So I, I started that project, I have to say about maybe last year, I bought the locomotive. I only finished it during the pandemic because I, I was stuck at home. And then I recently started passenger cars. They, they just repainted Madison, Lionel Madison cars. They're not done yet. I still got to put lights in them. The other car I'm working on, this one requires heavy hit bashing. It's a, I don't have it with me. It's drying outside. I sprayed some primer on it. Um, it's, a, it it's literally a car, a rail gun car. It's got turrets and everything on it. It looks really cool. Not based on anything, but it's, I'm basing it on what's seen in the anime. So that, those pictures are up on my Instagram. It's looking really cool. I should be done with it really soon. So now do you, oh, sorry, um, go ahead. But um, it's funny, I, brought, I bring the train to my club and they just look, they, they turn their heads, they don't know what, what it is. So once I explain to them, they're like, oh, only in Japan they'd have stuff like that. So that's what I've been working on lately. So, so you, do you 3D print or how do you build these things? What, well, what goes into it? What, what, what um, I guess the, my first question is, What's your inspiration for these items? What makes you want to dedicate your time to doing these? And then second of all, how do you do it? Do you 3D model? Do you print? Do you paint? What, what, do, you, what do you do? Um, I, to answer that, I can, I'll do literally anything. I don't 3D print myself. I usually just buy the stuff online. But I have an example here, something that I kitbashed. Just to give an example. This is a Owen 30 mogul from Bachman. This was kitbashed by me. This started out as a Hawthorne Village Christmas train. I bought it really beat up, you know, it was, you know, in a in a in a antique shop. It was all broken. I put, I painted it. The head, uh, is this in the camera? The headlight is three D printed. The smokestack is three D printed. Cab has been modified to resemble like an earlier. The locomotive is based on a Cook 260 mogul. 
Al Bachman sells them, it's like a 1930s appearance. I backdated it to like 1901, 1902. Because I, I, I prefer 19th century railroading more than anything. So this was a fun project I did. But that's an example of stuff I do. I'll take old trains like this that nobody would probably buy and I'll, I'll just modify it. Right, yeah, that's, that's great. You, um, it's a great way to kind of salvage some things um, as well. So I know that you and Matt have been friends for a while. Do you, have you done any projects where you guys work together or any other members of your club? I know you're both in the same club as well. Uh, the last thing we did together was the, um, he bought the, the red um, Walter E, the, uh, the MTH 10 wheeler painted up as a, oh, thank you. My twin brother just brought down oh. my, uh, Oh, the big, the big boy locomotive. If you guys want to see that. See how huge that is. I'm getting off topic, but he just, my twin brother just. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. You can see. I like to yeah. input, input real quick on that. It, it, the, this train is completely different than anything you would ever see. Um, I've been following Blake with the project uh, a lot. And this goes back to when me and him first started being friends years ago in middle school. He showed me the series, this, this anime that he's uh, talking about. And the funny thing is, when I looked at it, I was like, what, the way he described it to me, I was like, no, you're lying to me. That doesn't exist. There is no show that has this. <laughs> and the funny thing about this, the show that he didn't mention, this, the, the big boy locomotive in the show is called Big One. And the reason for that is, I, I won't go into very deep specifics, but long story short, the thing is disguised as a giant laser missile thing. Like the, the thing transforms like a transformer and there's a giant gun in the boiler head. And the thing is like a space laser thing. It's something out of Star Wars. It's crazy. It's really cool for us train guys. But you can see what Blake did there. Like the thing has uh, a, a head light on the top of the big boy instead. Yeah. The, the smoke acts completely different. It's just nothing you've ever really seen a big boy look before, but it's such a distinguishing look that I just can't help but love it's it. It's basically like a space, a train that flies through space, like as Matt was saying, you know, but, you know, I, I, I made an HO scale one many years ago, and it was a non-functioning model. And for years I was telling Matt, I want to make one in O-Gage. No. Um, but when we went to York together last year, I found a, the, this – locomotive there and for a really decent price i said you know what matt i'm gonna buy that it's time to make big one so there you go so so now that you've you've created this model now you need to send it to sid and then he's gonna put all the sounds that you want in it oh i i already had that done actually oh you did you did awesome it, it started you're one step out, ahead of me one step ahead of me here. Yeah, it's it started We're out trying as, to get your business Oh, uh, next, I have a crusader you could do for me. <laughs> we talked about but, uh, that earlier. I, uh, over the summer, I had it upgraded to Proto Sound 3. The next thing I want to do is I'm going to take the sounds from the anime, the whistle and some dialogue from the anime, and I want to put it in the actual model. That's a whole process in itself. But uh, back be. to what – Back to what – now, what was the question you asked me earlier? I, I, I got off tangent. I mean, I – uh, what was your like your inspiration to do it? Like, what made you say I want to do this specific model? Oh well, number one, I'm an anime guy. I'm one of those, I'm one of those people, and you know, anime and trains that that that's something I like to see together. And I was like, you know, 
the big, big boy locomotive is really cool. Well, I'm going to kick it up a notch. I want to copy the one that's seen in the anime. When I first brought it to club, everybody was just looking at me because like, what are you doing to this? That's what are you doing? And I explained to them and they'd be like, only, only in Japan, they do that. So it, it, it definitely turns heads at, at my club. And then following up on what Blake, uh, your question about uh, us collabing together, Blake and I have done oh, some yes. Blake, Blake and I oh, have yeah. done projects over the years that are off Instagram. Like I've done stuff for him. Uh, Blake is also into G scale. I've done decals for him. Um, I've done quite a few things. I've done some paint work for him. And then recently he's collabed with me on the Disney train, the Walter E. He did a lot of the paint work, which I happen to have the model here. So what he did, Blake did a few things for it. So number one on the actual model, this is just molded in and not painted. It's just painted with the boiler. Yeah, it's, not, it's not painted. He did a lot of the brass work that you see here. And then I, on the run boards on the actual model, if you bought this new, is red. So he painted them black, like on the real engine. And then he did a few other things, some decals that he did. So on the sand dome there, you have the Walt Disney logo. And then you have a number one on the opposite side. And then the, hand, the cylinders on this... Um, the drive rods on this engine were originally black and he painted them silver to make it look uh, more prototypical. But Blake and I have done, it, it is a lot of fun to collab with other people and bring something together and make something unique. It's, it's, it's a really cool part of the hobby that I'm glad we're a part of. The, the yeah. best thing is I've been, to, I'm be, I've been to Disney World so many times and I've been around the locomotives at Disney World. So I look at the model and be like, oh man, I got to change this. I got to change that because I've seen the engines up close and personal up close so i'll be like oh matt we could paint this that this the real engine has this it has that and that would be like okay let's do it the only thing right, i wasn't true. able to do was the tender decals my, my variation didn't didn't come out very well yeah our friend of the podcast o gage greg is currently uh printing those up for me um i actually after this uh show goes live i'll be visiting him at the club and test fitting the final decal so I'll, i will update you guys on that for sure Definitely, definitely. And talking about collabing, uh, I know that uh, Sid and RJ have done some magic of their own, uh, transforming yeah. the inside of some engines as well. No, yeah. This is uh, this is RJ's H sixteen forty four, and before it was just a uh, conventional locomotive, but it did have rail sounds in it. And he sent it to me, and I installed cruise control. Uh, hook the rail sounds up, which I actually didn't know were going to work, but I made them work uh, with the stock ones and Andrew. added a smoke unit, which was, I was happy with that. Um, lots of the time, the smoke units on um, diesels, they don't go out of the stacks very evenly, but uh, this one worked out really well. And actually, hold up a sec here. This blows my mind now? that he can do all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, yeah. And when I was talking to Sid about it, He'd be like, oh, well, it's really quite simple. You know, you just do this, this, and this. Yeah, and yeah. Like, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 I can't do this, and don't tell me no. how easy it is, because then, I, cause no then I could do it myself. <laughs> so just tell me it's difficult, yeah, the, and I keep sending the, you stuff. Then this is, this is a tender from a Southern Mikado that uh, RJ um, has now, and this is where all the magic happens on this engine. literally has all the electronics in it other than – the smoke unit and some lighting and uh on the top here is a new coal load and under that is the antenna oh, which yeah. was really 
I was so, happy with that. So a little for reference for everybody. If you go back and check out my Lionel 2020 Volume 2 catalog, I talked about the Southern 4501, which is up there, you know, one of my all-time favorite steam locomotives. And I didn't feel like dishing out, you know, $1,200 for, a, you know, a legacy steam locomotive, especially since I already had the uh, New York Central 10-wheeler on pre-order. So uh, Sid let me know of a uh, used train store in the D.C. area. And I saw it sitting up on a shelf and I, uh, you know, asked the owners, you know, what's that worth? And they said, you know, it doesn't work. Don't worry. Like you don't even think about buying it. Anyways, it's the 1992 Lionel version, which is a tooling made by MTH back in the day mm -hmm. when MTH did toolings for Lionel before MTH really got going. And to this day, it's still the most accurate tooling and depiction of the Southern 4501. They use the actual blueprints from the locomotive to create the tooling. And with the whole Lionel MTH split, the tooling pretty much went away. But um, it's a fantastic locomotive. Can't wait to get it and on my layout. Something that RJ's has that none of the other ones have is most have um, chrome all around the front, except this one I put all black on the front, which is different from most because it was missing them, so I decided might as well just make yeah. it a little better. Uh, but yeah, I, this thing has the whole nine yards, coffee smoke, LED lighting, all good stuff. We've got before and after pictures of the, you know, of the restoration. And I mean, he picked, no, oh, Sid picked it up at the store for me, but we ended up picking it up for $80 which is you know oh, quite bad. impressive for a used scale steam locomotive even in its you know not totally functioning state but you know the whistle was broken off it was missing steps on the the front of the engine and you know it has it has a couple dings in it and whatnot but sid sid has it looking pretty much brand new and i give yeah. my hats off to him yeah this this was um, I, I actually did a second one because RJ's friend uh, Stephen Cockrell uh, saw it and I did one for him and it was it's amazing as well. He actually has a video up about it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely th this is one of my favorite upgrades because it just I've done it to my own, but it's cool doing it for um, someone else. And speaking of uh, doing it for someone else, right here is a behemoth of an engine, probably the heaviest thing I, engine I've ever held. Uh, this is a Lionel 1999, uh, 1601 Allegheny. This is from Cross uh, Railroads, and he he had this engine, and like like my big boy, it doesn't have cruise, it didn't have cruise control. The smoke unit was not very good, and the light, some of the lighting was gone, and it was covered in dust. Oh my gosh! Um, so I have taken it, put cruise control in it. I've put. Uh, LED lighting, rule 17 lighting, a cab light that turns off when the engine starts moving. Um, and I put the JLC sounds uh, from the 1650 Allegheny in it. So it sounds a lot better. And it's pretty much as good as you can get with um, TMCC before you go to Legacy, which currently outside here, I have a diesel that I'm putting Legacy in for a customer that I found or someone that contacted me because they saw me on um pgh training fanatics uh one of his live streams so yeah speaking of him i might be upgrading his t1 that looks just like this one next to me 
he has um, TMCC in it right now, but he wants it to sound better and run better. So might be putting a uh, whistle steam and legacy in that for him. So um, I think this might make a uh, interesting segue to the Lionel 2021, or I guess 20 next vision line model. Maybe Ooh. if we got some hints <laughs> from the uh, recent Lionel live stream broadcast that they did showing off the new GS1 features. And if you haven't checked that out, you know, go check out that video because, uh, you know, reading about the features in the catalog is a lot different from seeing them in action and it's, it's breathtaking. But um, sounds like that we have a uh, wheel slip feature coming. Uh, here's, here's how that all came up. So someone asked about the wheel slip feature that legacy engines have because um, with the cylinder steam, all you hear when it starts to move is a bunch of steam shooting out, which my S3 that I just got um, has that. And when you try to do the wheel slip, you kind of hear the wheel slip, but it's covered up by all the steam. So um, Dave said they're not going to have that in the GS um, GS series. And, but he hinted on the next um, uh, Vision Line locomotive. And he said, uh, and since it was about uh, wheel slip, he said, uh, look at our next uh, Vision Line engine and that's kind of a hint and when you think of wheel slip you think of the um s2 turbine the s1 duplex and the t1 duplex they're probably more but those are the three that i think of they just did the uh s1 duplex and the only yeah. one that we haven't seen in over two decades is the t1 duplex so lionel lost that tooling years ago to mth in a lawsuit so maybe they're bringing it back and the idea of the wheel slip is kind of getting me interested because I was I was talking the other day. I really I really want the engine to sit there for a second, actually have its wheel spin, and then start moving. That's that, that'll take a lot of. Yeah, that'd, that'd be um, pretty cool. That would take some engineering for that. Yeah, it would take some engineering and stuff to go with that. Which I have ideas, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see because if it's a T1, I'm yeah, going to be blown away. It's got ideas. By the end of the year, he'll have it installed in uh, some locomotive after coming up with the board and how it works. He'll, he'll be in charge <laughs> of like making another locomotive. Wheel slips and T1 go together, so it makes it would be realistic if the T1 did that. Mm -hmm. So also looking ahead at the uh, you know future Lionel catalogs, I think I can probably speak for all five of us in this group. You know, the promise of a Strasbourg steam locomotive in a future catalog. Um, I know I recently went to Strasbourg for probably the first time in a dozen years and uh, got to ride behind 90. And Sam even went there as a kid, despite being from uh, Cornland. It was... It was a long time ago. I was a, uh, a wee little lad, but yes, um, I vaguely remember it. But yeah, I need to go back soon so I can. You come uh, out to New York, remember. Sam. We got you. All right. Uh, I'll let you know. But yeah. Road trip. Road We've trip. We've got indeed. a majority Long Island contingency in here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah, but yeah. So, you, so I know. I know that RJ and Matt. Uh, have visited uh, Strasbourg in the last year. Or so, do you guys both want to talk about that? Well, I did something. Matt's that, got the more interesting story here. I did something that I, honest to God, thought would never in my life happen to me. Um, a few months back, when COVID first started, um, Strasbourg made an announcement of an of a lifetime, um, stating that for the first time in their entire history. 
they were going to offer in-cab throttle experiences with their entire roster of locomotives. So that included 89, 475, and number 90, um, as well as their Oxford and uh, I forget some of that, that elaborate name. Lancaster, Oxford, and Southern. Yeah, that's rail it. Car. Yeah, rail the, the, the rail car, the electric rail car. So my mom surprised me. Originally, I wanted to, to, to do 89 because they were going to offer it on my actual birthday. Um, but unfortunately, that since sold out. And then while I'm at work, my mom sends me a text saying, oh, I got you throttle time with the big one. I'm like, which one? And she's like, I'm like, wait, 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 the big one? Okay, okay, uh, I'm good. And so months go by, and then I'm finally there with a decent crowd uh, watching me do this. I, uh, I step into the cab, and I get to be at the actual throttle of probably one of the most well-known locomotives that are still operating in America. And um, it, it's still emotional for me to talk about because I, I never thought I'd get to be at the throttle of a real steam locomotive, let alone be at Strasburg of all places. Um, and I'll tell you guys this, being at being able to move the, I made the thing wheel slip. Okay. <laughs> I did something that I thought I would never I, it wasn't on the video. My mom missed that part because as I, they had me back up because um, when, when they, when we were doing it, it was at the end of the line at, um, at paradise. Paradise. Yeah. So they have us meet, they had me meet them there. Um, I had get there? At the time, 89 was on, on her way with a tourist train. So I had to back out of the siding to get ready for her to pull in so she could do the turnaround. So Midway, as I'm backing up underneath the bridge, they have me stop immediately, and I messed up the throttle because the throttle is very tough. I'll say this. <laughs> throttle, you have to have a lot of arm strength because if you let it go, the thing wants to kick all the way back. So the thing, I, I accidentally mess up a little bit, and then I hear, doo -doo 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 -doo, I hear the thing. I'm like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> it's a very expensive locomotive. You broke it. You broke hey, it. Yeah, the, the side rods just fall off. I was terrified. <laughs> Wait a second. I mean, wheel slips are cool, but if you're the one who causes it, like, it's not a good feeling. But um, it was cool at the same time because 90 never wheel slips. None of the locomotives at Strasburg wheel slips. So I, I could say I did something that doesn't happen often, which is cool. But um, getting – You have some bragging rights. Getting – I won't ramble on too much longer about it, but I will say blowing the whistle for the very first time – it was it was literally a dream come true. It was it was something that I will remember. And the coolest part is, um, they had two other additional things that we uh, we we did. My father of all, uh, was actually my fireman, so he got to shovel coal into the engine while I was moving down the track. And my brother got to be in what's called the jump seat, so he was an extra crewmate. So he got to just take a nice ride in the locomotive. But um, what a time! It was really cool. If you guys ever get the chance to do it, like whatever locomotive it might be, it's 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 worth the money. It's it's something very special. So I I will for, remember it for the rest of my life. You guys remember that song in um, Thomas and the Magic Railroad when they're at Strasburg? That yeah. I, I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. the most feel? I think it's called. Yeah. The, basically, I had that acoustic song in my head when it, when I was blowing the whistle down the track. It was it was a childhood dream. Oh, it was really cool. I unfortunately didn't do it. Uh, I, I didn't have the money at the time to do it, so I missed out on it. I'm hoping next year, if they do it again, I'll I'll definitely do it. 
did you get to blow the whistle? Oh, they let me go nuts. Uh, <laughs> um, when I got to blow the whistle, um, the coolest thing was I got to do a whistle battle. 89 was coming down the track and she was ready to make a roundabout. I asked the conductor, I looked at him with puppy eyes, could I please whistle salute it? <laughs> so we did, we, we, tra we traded whistles, which was really cool. Uh, they had me go a little bit up the line, not too far because it was an active day. There were tourists going around. So I got to go right up to the first level crossing when you exit paradise and back. I got to do that like two times up the line. Um, it was really cool. The, the, they basically, the conductor and the, the, the whole crew that was there was first class. You know, they, they made me feel safe and uh, they, they basically showed me everything needed to operate the locomotive safely. And um, yeah, they, once they gave me all the directions, they just let me have at it. I think it's everyone's dream to blow the whistle of a steam. Oh yeah, I I wanted to go up to the reunion of steam last year at uh, at Strasburg when they brought in uh, Norfolk and Western six eleven for its uh, yearly inspection, and so it had you know four seventy five the only other active NNW steam locomotive left out there, and it it was just you got to climb up into the cab, pull the cord and blow the whistle, and you walked off, and it was five bucks and. I'm mad I didn't take up that offer. I just had no way to. That's, that's not bad at all. No. And maybe it was 15, but still, I would have shoveled out $15, pulled a cord once. I just had no way of getting there. But man, standing on the platform as, you know, as a train rolls out of East Strasburg station and, a, you know, first level crossing and you hit the, uh, hit the whistle. That was, that was an experience for me. That was a very fond memory that I'll, keep with me but now i now i have the uh, addiction of collecting the mth strasburg passenger cars because i rode on it so now i need it oh, and especially exactly. if uh especially if lionel comes out with the uh 89 or 90 in the next catalog like people are never redid not, uh, the 89 they had it once and they never did it again and it was conventional. It wasn't even a legacy engine. It was just yeah. conventional. It was and a now they pricey for a conventional engine too. Yeah, and now that conventional engine sells for over two grand on eBay. That's oh uh, that's from the well, as a tech guy called the Mike Reagan era. He was at Lionel. He had um, Train America Studios, which now is Electric Railroad. But yeah, he was that was he he did a bunch of videos on YouTube, and that was one of the engines that he reviewed was number eighty nine. But speaking of those passenger cars, I guarantee you that Lionel is going to make a set if they do. Um, yeah, but you know that the paint is going to match exactly right. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah, hope uh, so. Like I, I was looking at the Blue Goose and the the different the different um, variations of the new uh, um, Northerns North. that just came out. And I like the Northern Blue Goose. Yeah, the the paints aren't that bad. Like even no. the red, it, it's actually red. It's not like orange or something. So mm -hmm. I think they're finally getting things right. And speaking of uh, that, um, if they bring out a ninety or a four seventy five, um, I'm going to pro. I really want them to bring out four seventy five, but I'm probably going to um, buy one because I'll have my brass uh, Williams J with Legacy in it, and it will match to what was at Strasbourg because. I keep saying this on different um, social media pages. They, no one does it glossy. The, the J in real life is glossy. It's not a matte finish like the 
MTH and Lionel J's are. So I'll have a, well, maybe for a little bit, I'll have a one of a kind J. So my question is, maybe you guys might be able to answer this. Why has it taken so long for Lionel or MTH to make anything from Stratzburg? I think I, I mean, can answer this very easily. And I've okay. talked with several people about this, you know, from like, my club. Like, and the people I've met at York or just any terrain show. The reason why I think they haven't pulled the trigger to make a lot of scale Strasburg <laughs> stuff is because it's a small market. Yeah. As yeah. popular, as, part, yeah. as popular and well known as Strasburg is, if they release the fully scale, you know, legacy 90 or 475, right? You go into a hobby shop and say, I don't know, let's say you go, you're in Texas or you're in California or something like that. And it's sitting on the hobby, it's sitting on the shelf and a customer looks at it and like, what railroad is that? I've never heard of that. I, that makes sense. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't fit into Very my that I'm collecting. So I think Strat Lionel released that. If you guys remember this past year, they just released a starter set, a, a, a Lion Chief starter set. And I think that's a test because they got every that makes sense. They, they, they got, I, I really think it's a test. I firmly believe that because they got, you know, more realistic when I, you know, as close as they can to before making a scale set of passenger cars, you know, character, caricatures of the Strasburg yeah. passenger. And yeah. they that was a new tooling too for now. So you know that they're at least investing in Strasburg and they, yeah. uh, not to cut you off, Matt, but they're also doing all those Strasburg accessories. So they also have, you know, a traditional Lionel station painted up for East Strasburg though it's not completely accurate, but they also new tooling uh, for the um, yard tower that's there in yeah. Strasbourg that they uh, cataloged. The other thing that they did, and I think it's an indication that I think they're gonna pull the trigger, is they got actual recordings from in the passenger cars of them you know, saying <clears throat> certain stats yeah. and facts from somebody who actually works at Strasbourg. Yeah, you know stats and facts of the of the railroad and stuff like that, and they also had the ghost whistle effect. But mm -hmm. it, it makes me wonder if they were to do ninety, they could do that feature in the legacy remote where you blow the whistle and it will basically replicate what you just did with the quilling feature. So that that's yeah. probably the best assumption why they haven't done it yet. And there's there's another little part to that, and of course that makes total sense. And the other part from the engineering standpoint is for years, they haven't had the brass hybrid idea and design. Um, that, that is what allowed them to make the, uh, the uh, Mikado and then now the GS series. And then they were going to make their K2, but that got shut down because none of the orders, which I'm kind of, I was kind of sad about that. Cause I'm I happy. The they, as a result of that, they made the scale four for O. So I'm kind of happy about that. Oh yeah. 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 But I just, I like the look of the, uh, the baby J. Uh, but um, it's just the tooling, like back in, say, 2010, um, Strasbourg was still popular, but they didn't have the, for on the money because recession and all that, they, they just didn't have, they don't have the money to invest in all those tooling. But now since they can do, they can take a chassis design that they may have and only have to modify a little, but then focus a lot on the boiler design with brass, 
that allows them to cut down costs and of course make the engines which I think you know they're what, make you know what they could soon. also you know what they could also do um you know make it more profitable sell 98 in like different road you know different paint jobs that it's had over the years even the great western paint jobs you know had they be you know the, mm -hmm. from the 70s from like the 80s whatever paint job I had in the 90s. It's had many different paint jobs over the years. So I feel if they make a model for everybody, somebody's bound to, you know, there's a model, you know, model for everybody. Yeah. Like you may not want 89 in Strasbourg, but you may want it in Canadian National. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. If they ever make a 475, run a couple with Norfolk and Western and have a couple in Strasbourg, you know, make, yeah. you know, 90s had more paint scheme colors than 475. Mm-hmm. 25 came out was came to the river much later but right the reason i, I asked that it's gonna happen soon right the reason i asked that is just because i thought you know just stratsburg right, was just so popular and you would think that it would be a good hit but um matt makes a good point that yeah. you know it's someone in texas might not know what you know what it is it's popular to us because we're all northeast guys well you know, yeah. and we have that, that emphasis on the Northeast. So we're like, well, Strasburg's <laughs> so popular. Why don't they make a Strasburg model? And that's a good point. Surprise, I didn't think about that. Um, MTH never took their de decapod, gave it a Strasburg paint job, and said, here, Strasburg 90, there you go. And yep. what makes me mad about that is that, you know, MTH and Lionel are both known for like their fantasy paint schemes and whatever. Exactly. I mean, yeah. MTH is going to use the excuse that the headlight was in the wrong place for them to not make a. They could have just changed the headlight. A Strasburg locomotive. It's not very hard. <laughs> like, I feel like, like I've heard, I heard that once that that was their excuse. I like, I read it yeah. somewhere that the, that the headlight but, but was in the wrong spot. The headlights are sep it's a separately applied. Yeah. Just change, change a little, put the headlight on top. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not that it's a hard. Rush, it's a Russian decapod, but, you know. Yeah. The silver lining to all of this is because 611 was recently at Strasburg, that put yeah. Strasburg, I think, in a more, you know, national level of attention. Because let's be honest, 611, he's the queen of steam for a reason. Like, so every, that every, screwed that up. Every railroad, every model railroad, any train enthusiast knows who the heck, you know, the, the queen of steam is. Everybody knows that J. It's one of the most, it's one of the most influential silhouettes in, in all of steam and just in general. Like you go around the, I know people in the United Kingdom that have models of the 611. So yeah. it's a world famous locomotive. But the fact that she was at Stratford a year ago, I think Nate gives Lionel the incentive saying, okay, we have people that buy our gin all the time. Because Lionel's... Uh, it's, like the, it's almost like the big boy, you know. You're going to get one every three exactly, or four years. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the fact that uh, you're there... I think I, what, we're at three three big boy runs of, from Lionel plus the LC2 version. Uh, no. I've oh, lost oh, track. Six, yeah. <clears throat> Lionel has, what, one, two, three, four scale big boys four scale runs and then what how many line masters it's like yeah. one two three now and so then mth yeah. mth had their big boy catalogs every year for like the last seven years <laughs> that so. yeah that, I, that became a oh look I'm sorry but boy <laughs> oh, i was like i was MTH. MTH. Every single, oh look nothing it's all the same 
onto our onto our little joke about Train World. Every single time they did the York Train World video for for Mike, it would always be, oh, and here's our big boy, and then here's our Canadian National Christmas Train. You know, it, it was just the same thing and over and over again. I just I couldn't laugh. I couldn't Look, now we have that. LED lights stringed on everything. Yes. <laughs> Am I the only one that would just buy the the, the little cheap LED lights to store and wrap them around a train. I've done that many times. I'd rather just do that than buy a train with yeah. pre-installed yeah. lights. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. That's where I'm cheap. I'm not going to buy a but even like you could, But you could do that and then <clears throat> remove the lights when it's not Christmas time. Exactly. Like, are you like, I really wonder how well the GS4 with the LED lights sold and the matching <clears throat> passenger cars that they did with it. Because are you going to invest two grand into passenger cars and a locomotive that are only relevant for, I mean, you know, a Matt, month? Have you seen me at, at club with the Halloween lights and the Christmas lights on the train? Believe it or not, RJ, I did hear a report from a few friends on the OGR forum that that GS locomotive and cars did sell out entirely. There's none left. But, all right, oh but God. sold out and produ- in like. Like, yeah, it could have sold out, but they might have only made, you know, 2,000. Yeah, so I mean, you'll find it somewhere in some hobby shop sitting on a shelf. You probably yeah. would. That means 2,000 people really, really, really love Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the two. I mean, I love Christmas. The, Come on now. Christmas, uh, the Christmas and Halloween themed mountains and Mikados. I, uh, I get it when they do it in Lion Chief uh, 2.0, like the new Burke. I, speaking of those new Lion Chief 2.0, I, yeah, I can't speak. 2.0 Berkshires are like really good. Um, I just can't get over how nice they are. The fact that they. I need to see some more pictures of the tooling that they, you know, the way how they. Oh, uh, oh, oh, sure. Like the, the, the shell is just the normal yeah. Burke. I'm just saying the fact that. They're getting to the point where it's like MTH. The electronics are the same. I'm just looking at from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Of course, the yeah, you're looking, you're looking at the insides of the locomotives. You're looking that's because that's a, <laughs> uh, and then there's me. Uh, I I can I can um I, somewhere around here. Oh my, uh, probably the best looking train I have is my K4 Torpedo from MTH. You were if there's a train that I like on the outside a lot, but not so much on the inside, it's that it's that train. That's where my expertise is not very good when it comes to electronics. No, not, not for my, me either. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm looking at. Knowing me, I'd really? ruin, I'd ruin many circuit boards just by touching. So that's why he's laughing to himself right now because he goes like, I'm going to make a fortune off of these idiots. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I go I got a Weaver Crusader for you that I want you to upgrade in the future. Uh, well, I've already done one, so I'll do another. Sweet. That's why I go post war. It's 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 so simple. And <laughs> yeah, it, it that's, that's where that and see that's where I learned it from. I learned I went from post war to looking at the inside of a brand new legacy engine. Speaking of how uh, I assume you like those engines, I, I you got from me. Oh yeah, I, I have yet guys. to I have yet to take them home and run them, but yeah, they yeah. look pretty good on my dorm desk. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very excited about them. Uh, I really. I mean, I the way I convinced myself to buy these was like, I'll just run them at Christmas. It's it's my <laughs> early Christmas present slash yeah. birthday present. There you go. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna love those engines. Those will be nice to definitely run. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm super stoked about 
putting the post-war Santa Fe under the tree along with my Streamline MTH Real King Santa Fe passenger cars. I think that'll look really yep. good. I ran it. Um, yeah, I ran it under my Christmas tree when I got, I actually bought them uh, right before Christmas, so-called restored them to just good looking and operating condition and then ran them under the Christmas tree on Super O, which was really cool. So you yeah. guys should see my Christmas trains that I got two trains are running, running, yeah, running underneath the, the Christmas tree. This year I've got, got a no scale. This year I've got the uh, 2025 on tap, but the uh, I just picked up a, a loop of tubular track as well, nice. so it's gonna be like a a, a real <laughs> I love toy trains line all Christmas. Cool. Yeah, you're gonna have to make I a video this, on that. We all gotta see that. I do the same thing. I I, I but I use Supero because I love Supero, but I can't use it on the layout because the sharp turns. So and I don't want to make. I love Supero. I think Supero is some of the best looking track. Yeah, that's out there. It's pretty. It's pretty that looking, issue so. with the with the middle rail. Yeah, that's a lie. That's a lie. You have to run it on it for like fifty years for it to do that. I'm like, I think, I think, that. I think after fifty years, I'm fine that I have to change the pickup roller because it's worn out after fifty years. Yeah. Come on. But yeah, it's, I don't know. That's I what our guy. That's what our guys at club always complain about, and I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I've done it twice, two two Christmas layouts with Super O so far, and I've set up a white like uh, cloth on the floor, and it's just it's fine because it takes me back to all the old videos of yeah, I love toy I love toy trains and all that stuff. You know what's funny about I love toy trains? My mom, I used to watch those, you know, binge them when I was little. My mom could not stand after a while. Um, what's the name of the guy that always sung the songs? James Coffey. Coffee. Coffee. My mom, Coffee. Could, my parents could not stand him singing after a while because <laughs> we would just replay the movies and my mom would be like, if I hear that guy singing, uh, old McDonald's has a train one more time. Breaking <laughs> <laughs> out the wooden spoon. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was my grandma. <laughs> oh, I remember I put it, I, I watched it not long ago. Mom's like, oh no, not this series again. You're going to watch it. Put the volume down, please. I uh, who was it? What what was the what was Tom McComas's son's name? Jeff or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah Jeff, I, think I, his name was. I think I think the most cr the cringiest part ever was when he and his friend like pied each other. That was probably the oh, cringiest I remember that. thing ever. <laughs> he's like, how old? He's how old is he now? He's like way old. He's like way older than all of us. He's probably have, in his like thirty or something. They have their own store. Yeah, in like it's rural yeah. Indiana. No, I thought it was Illinois. Illinois, Indiana. I I one of the eyes. One of the I eyes. I think it's Indiana. Don't call me. Oh wow! Job. Way to bash on my state, Sid. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I remember. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Whatever. It's all corn. <laughs> but let's see here. Let's see here. I got my phone here. Let's see where it is. Uh, well, what, let's see. What is it? Oh, TN, I think uh, it's Indiana. I need to search up. Literally, the store was from, right next Sam? to their studios. I'm sorry. What state are you from? Indiana. You got it. You okay. got it. It was. It was Indiana. Indiana. It was Idaho. I was going to say Potato Land. And Idaho. Yeah. yeah. They, okay. They were right. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was. It was Indiana. I. I got it mixed up because they always filmed a lot in Illinois, but then the town or whatever is called Michigan, and just there's so much going on there. So yeah, it was Indiana. But that's actually really cool. I would always rent those uh, I Love Toy Train videos from the uh, library. And then oh, that, um, yeah, a, yeah. Fancy thing, a fancy thing called Amazon Prime came out. And I would like 
like as yeah. I'm older, like now I would watch um what's the Lionel Christmas? Yeah, the Lionel Christmas ones. Yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. Um those are those are cool to watch if you want to get inspired on how to make your own uh Christmas layout. You just gotta watch that oh, for like thirty what was minutes. That guy from set. years ago from the original one. Oh there was a guy that like uh when they showed up he he made a song for TM Books and Videos called A Lion. Oh yeah. So this was like back in the eighties or nineties. Uh, yeah, the first that. the first video, Christmas video they made. Yeah. It was like that was a long time ago. I have a small tradition now. Every time before I go to York, I do watch at least one of or two of those I love toy train videos. It, it gets me excited, you know. Like my favorite one that they have made to me. I mean, I you see my collection, but I will admit I'm a big. I do like pre-war quite a lot. And yeah. A template legends. If you oh, guys yes. Know, that's uh-huh. a nice one. That yeah. is by far. <clears throat> If I ever win the lottery, I want what those guys got. Honestly, like some that's right. some pretty. That's some of the prettiest stuff you could ever see in this hobby. Matt, you I, told uh, I, Matt, yeah. I've told you what I what I would my dream is if I ever win the lottery. I want to be the next Ward Kimball. You know, <laughs> <laughs> with the railroad with the railroad in the backyard. That's what I. That's yeah. What I uh, I remember there there were like. Well, for one, every time I go to York, I always buy something from the TM Books and Videos booth. I always buy either a video or a book they've made or something. Uh, but the two videos are the videos that, like, really got me into um, the history behind things or of the models themselves. And just history in general was uh, the Century video of Lionel. And, like, I, I it's love funny that. How I, I love that one. Yeah, it's, it's funny how I knew about World War II before, like, I knew how to do one plus two it's like i watched that video and i just knew a lot about um just history in general but then there was also lionel the movie all the different ones and i think the third one was where i learned about all the different like modern era trains like the all these hudson behind me you know, all the different stuff i got the whole dvd i went to a train show once and i literally dropped i don't remember how much it was a lot of money it was all like volumes one to 12 or whatever vibes there are. I literally dropped like $30 on the whole DVD set. I'm like, I'm going to go home and just watch these. I had one through six growing up. And I didn't even know that there was anything after six until I was much older. I would say same until I was like on YouTube and, you know, I love toy trains and, you know, yeah. part 12, fast track. What? Because I always, I, uh, part one was like 89 that was filmed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Plus and, uh, the the the, the old you know live action um, parts. When I was little, hey, I know where that is. That's Strasburg. Mm-hmm. I, I always like pointing out the live action parts. I remember there was one scene with the J, and at the time, like I was able to comprehend you know what it was. The J was going under like a like an overhaul. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of crazy. Like, oh, well, that train's not running anymore. <clears throat> now it is. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> All right. I think we've had an amazing podcast episode today. Um, any final thoughts from any of you guys? Uh, Anything else you want to say to the crowd tonight watching or listening to the podcast? Make sure to check out everybody's social media. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. We'll have everybody. This is one of the we'll reasons why we do it. It's just everybody's, everybody. everybody's YouTube and Instagram pages. They're going to be down in the description. Check out everybody's channel. You know, all great content, as you can tell from everything that we've talked about today. 
and uh, we're definitely going to have to have, you know, all five of us on a podcast once again to talk. Yes. Probably watching. Yeah. I love toy trains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a good idea. I like that, but yeah, it's really just sharing everybody, um, meeting everybody and uh, getting the publicity of our hobby out to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This has been a, a fantastic episode. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, special thanks to everyone coming on tonight for the podcast episode, rearranging our busy schedules to do this together to talk about trains. Um, please bear with us as we do not have a consistent upload schedule yet. Um, things are going hectic in my college life, and I'm sure in RJ's as well. So just bear with us as we're trying to figure this thing out. Um, and that's all I have job. to say. I'm sorry. How to get a job to pay for the trains throws a whole. That's right. That's right. He's gotta. He's gotta. Mm-hmm. pay back some of his dues <laughs> yeah it's been a great episode thank you guys for watching and we will see you in the next episode